and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we interview local business owners and Maine residents to learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, and how they use experiences to steer them into the future. My name is Kimberly Regalinski. And I'm Todd Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbeam, Apple Podcast and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmain.com and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram through the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with Dave McConnell from Three of Strong Spirits. Dave has spent most of his career as a lawyer specializing in intellectual property work for individual and business clients. He still practices law at Perkins Thompson in Portland, but after 23 years of doling out legal advice, Dave thought it would be fun to dole out spirits. So he got together with his friend Sam Pierce in 2018 to found Three of Strong Spirits. Dave's superpower is his tolerance for chaos. He (laughs) might actually secretly enjoy it. If Dave isn't working, he is probably cooking or spending time in the woods or on the water. Welcome to the show, Dave. Welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. And we are very happy to have you on here. So, all right. Dave, tell us a little bit about Three of Strong and how how you got started in spirits, from lawyer to spirits. How, How did that all start and come about? Well, it is a uh, it's a long story that I'll try to make somewhat short. Uh, it started as it's in a way it's spirits to lawyer to spirits because mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid growing up in southwestern Ohio, my family was from Cincinnati and Louisville, Kentucky, which is bourbon mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. So that was always I had family members who were involved in that business, and then. I started off in hospitality and bars, the sort of the classic progression uh, of bouncer to bar back to bartender. And I loved it. I mean, I really enjoyed that whole world. Uh, But then I thought I should really, you know, maybe I should try to do something more air quotes here serious. Uh, So (laughs) I trundled off to college and then law school and uh, found myself, uh, by virtue of my, uh, my wife, uh, Janine, uh, who's a Mainer, found myself here nice. in, in the Portland area. Yeah, I love Maine. It's awesome. Been here yeah. for 25 years. Don't want to live anywhere else. Nice. Um, cool. And so I, I sort of, over time, even on the service side uh, of, of doing the IP work, the legal work, I found myself gravitating towards people who were doing creative work, like uh, like you two with <laughs> Keep It Local and entrepreneurs <laughs> who were involved with food and beverage, craft brewers. But always in the back of my mind, I was always sort of thinking, you know, the thing I really loved was on that hospitality side. So when my <laughs> youngest daughter, I have uh, three kids. And when the youngest was headed off to college, uh, it kind of seemed like a now or never situation. So mm-hmm. I tricked my good friend, Sam Purse in a moment of weakness uh, <laughs> into launching Three of Strong. Wow. So yeah, so we started our, we got our license to, uh, to open the doors and start distilling in July of last year. Wow, nice. Awesome. Now, can you tell our listeners, uh, how, how did you get the name Three of Strong? Yeah. So 
That comes from an old uh, colonial era punch recipe. It's Hmm. basically proportions. One of sour, which was usually lime or lemon juice, Mm -hmm. two of sweet, sugar, and then three of strong, which around here would invariably have been rum, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, four of weak. So one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak. So we picked it both because it's kind of an interesting call out to Maine's rum history, because a lot of people don't know, but Maine was very much was all about rum. That was really the spirit here back Mm. in Hmm. colonial times, right up through prohibition. Mm -hmm. Um, But also because uh, it's a punch recipe and we, we wanted to sort of community is a big part of what we're about calling Mm -hmm. people together around kind of the virtual punch bowl. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So how does, Oh, I'm taking your question. Sorry. That's all right. You can edit this out. No, you, Just go ahead and just, you know, just steamroll right over. I no, was I'm enjoying. <laughs> so uh, there is uh, one thing I've noticed over the past few years is there really does seem to be a pretty strong main distilling community that's kind of growing more and more each year. Uh, even when you go to the larger supermarkets, you can see several main distilleries represented there. And I, I think that's just pretty cool that you even in a you don't have to go to a specialty store. You can see some of them showcased in, in larger grocery stores, things like that. Uh, how does Three of Strong fit into that distilling community and, and also kind of what makes it unique amongst that community? So um, the community, you're, you're right, Todd. The community here is um, a strong one and it's growing. And one of the amazing things about it, which I think is also true of craft brewers, is just how collaborative it is. So Mm. when Sam and I were um, sort of hatching this idea and figuring out if there was a, you know, how could we make it work? The other, the existing distillers in Maine, we talked to a lot of them and they were just incredibly generous with their time and expertise um, in sort of talking us through some of the issues. I mean, we always said to them, we'll make, plenty of stupid mistakes just tell us we'd we'd like to make originally stupid mistakes so what are dumb (laughs) things that you did that we shouldn't do and and and, yeah and and people were great uh uh with that with sharing their as i said their time and their expertise so it's a great community and where we fit really i think is that we are i we like to say we're a rum centric distillery Mm -hmm. so at this point, all of the rums in our port, uh, excuse me, all the spirits in our portfolio are, are rums. Um, and we are the only, in Portland, we're the only distillery that's, uh, again, sort of rum-centric. That's Very so cool. cool. And, so, and so what kind of, what kind of rums do you make? I mean, what, what, what does the lineup kind of look like right now? The rums in our lineup right now range from two unaged rums. That's Brightwater, which is made with organic evaporated cane juice, uh, and Acadian, which is made with uh, raw cane juice, all the way up through a spiced rum, merry meeting, dark rum, night water, a blended rum, Stone Pure, and then we've got an aged rum, which is called Parchando 12, which we source from a family distillery in Barranquilla, Colombia. Oh, wow. wow. Wow, that's so cool. 
Now, how did you how did you get in contact with the folks in Colombia? A lot of research. Mm. Um, <laughs> we we really wanted to. We love age drum. Sam and I do, and we wanted to offer that from day one. Um, but you you know you. <laughs> You can't you can't just magically snap your fingers and get twelve year old rum, right? You've mm, got to, yeah. It's got to sit in a barrel. So mm-hmm. we while we've been aging our own rum from the beginning, we uh, we knew we were going to have to go out and find some really quality rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just did a lot of research, talked to a lot of people, and ultimately we we flew down to Colombia to meet the family, to meet the distiller because they wanted to, we wanted to be sure they were real and that the Mm -hmm. quality was as good as what we had heard. And they wanted to be sure that we weren't going to mess up our, their rum by, you know, adding fake coconut flavoring or Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of sugar or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. So to touch upon um, kind of what you talked about there, I think that's so cool just about the community and how you were able to go to them and say, hey, tell us some of the stupid mistakes you made so we don't make them. So kind of piggybacking off that, um, what have been some of the challenges that you've had to overcome uh, starting this business and and what have been some of the successes? So I think, you know, some of the biggest challenges are are not really unique to our distillery but to the to this space right so mm-hmm. one of them is that it is just there are just an incredible amount of regulatory hoops that you've got to jump through mm-hmm. um, kind of a hangover from prohibition pun intended um, <laughs> the, <laughs> There are a lot of um, sort of extra protections or restrictions put on the sale of spirits that mm-hmm. don't apply to, say, beer or, or wine or cider. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's been very difficult. But aside from that, as Todd pointed out you know, earlier on in the podcast, there are, there are so many choices out there not just sort of of the national and international spirits brands, but even in Maine. Mm -hmm. So finding a place on the shelf and finding a way to, you know, create, develop brand awareness. um, That's really, that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Mm. So what have, what would you say have been, you know, what's one big moment when you, when you started this business and you were like, okay, we did it. And what was that uh, moment when, you just found success, you know, what was that success piece? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, one of the, the, I'll, I'll just mention two kind of two moments, Mm -hmm. um, that have struck me. One honestly was the first, we had our, our grand, even though we'd been, we opened in July, the day that we released our first in-house rum, Brightwater, Mm -hmm we had a big grand opening party Mm -hmm. at the distillery and seeing the tasting room filled with people Mm. really enjoying the product that we made right here Mm -hmm. in Maine on a Maine made still, it was really special. And Mm. that's kind of stuck with me because that was really for us so much of what it was about, as I said, was sort of creating that community. So that Mm -hmm. was an awesome feeling. And then 
more recently, um, we were really thrilled and humbled to be nominated as one of the best craft rum distilleries in the U.S. Um, oh, wow. in, nice. a, in a USA Today competition that's still going. People can still vote, um, although I think by the time the podcast airs, it will have been decided. But anyway, we're uh, that, that was kind of a cool moment for us, too. Absolutely. Congratulations on that. That's exciting. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, now I'm, I'm going to go off script and, and be a little selfish here. And, and Kim always gets nervous with this. Uh, but when I, when I go off the outline, she's like, where's he going? So uh, I, in, a, in a selfish sort of way, uh, I'm, I'm much more of a, uh, a, a bourbon, rye whiskey uh, sort, of, sort of fellow myself. So one, one, one part of the question is having your, your lineage of being from that area of the country are you tempted to maybe eventually start doing some of those types of spirits? So yes, definitely. As I said, we're rum centric, but we're not rum exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, we've got um, in, in process uh, and have been developing for a number of months, a gin. It's still got our sugarcane base to it, but it's uh but it is a gin and we'll be releasing that, I think probably October of this year. Um, and I think making a whiskey, a bourbon, that's something, you know, that we definitely love to do. But having said that, and I still, I, I love those, you know, I love aged spirits and I love bourbons and whiskeys. Having said that the Parchando 12 that we have right now, mm-hmm. which is aged in first juice bourbon barrels, I tell people it's kind of a gateway rum for bourbon drinkers. It's got all those vanilla, caramel, creme brulee kind of notes to it Mm -hmm. um, while still being a rum. And it's uh, so it's uh, for for a lot of people who will come into the distillery and will say, yeah, I don't really like rum. Um, I'm more a bourbon person. I'll we'll point them in that direction. In fact, the, the old fashioned that we have on our menu is made with uh, with the Parchando Twelve. Hmm. Interesting, because yeah. that was going to be the second part of that question: is how would how would eat? Because I'm not I I think I might have had rum a, a handful of times in my life. How would how would someone who is a bourbon drinker or who is is not even a, a really a, a hard spirits drinker? How would you introduce them to to rum? So I would say. Um, if, if they're not a hard spirits drinker, probably one of the um, best ways, I think, to enjoy it would be in a cocktail, would be in a punch. A daiquiri, for example, is just a really a traditional daiquiri, which is just lime juice, simple syrup, and rum. It's just really clean, bracing, delicious, refreshing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one entry point. Then for somebody who is sort of more a bourbon, whiskey, scotch person, I'd say, you know, the Parchando 12 is delicious, sip neat, or, um, you know, in an old fashioned in a Manhattan, it basically can play in any one of the sort of whiskey, classic whiskey cocktails, and just bring Hmm. a really unique element to it. Interesting. Cool. Cool. So, let me ask you this, Dave. What would you say is your favorite part of this business? 
I think my favorite part of the business is some of what we were just doing, which is introducing people to mm. what rum can be. Um, mm. A lot of people, myself included, have had bad experiences with rum. Um, <laughs> either it's bad rum mm -hmm. or it's, you know, rum that is covered up in a super sugary cocktail and... Mm -hmm. You know, that's not what we're about. Um, mm -hmm. We're really about producing a craft product and the cocktails that we serve in our tasting room. Again, we don't, they're really balanced. They don't rely on sugar. So I think just sort of introducing people to the world of rum is really, really fun. I love that. Mm, that's great. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that because I think there is a, there is an, a component of age to that that kind of taste sort of thing of not wanting something covered up with sugar. Mm -hmm. I went I've gone through that with coffee with almost every type of of thing that I will like drink or I haven't quite gotten out of eating because I love me some sweets to eat. <laughs> but I used to have all kinds of sugar in my coffee and now I I drink black coffee and and you know I used to enjoy a you know like a a whiskey and 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 coke or or whatever and now I'm just no I don't want any of the sugar with it. I just want to I want to taste what I'm actually mm. what the primary ingredient is. Mm -hmm. And uh and unfortunately a couple of the experiences I've had with rum have been either because of what it's, you know, how it's mixed in the drink or even the rum itself where I'm like, this is like, I'm, I'm just eating a coconut or something. And there, I don't, there's, there's just, it's, it, and it's that kind of fake coconut that right. you were talking about earlier. Like what, what kind of syrup concoction is this? Kind of witchcraft is this? Yeah. 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 No, exactly. And I mean, that's really, that's really sort of where we come at this, Todd is, is, we want to introduce people like the, the taste of the rum itself and of natural flavors. Cause you know, we're not opposed to adding things to the rum. Mm -hmm. For example, the spiced rum merry meeting is a good example. So a lot of spiced rums out there will be, maybe they have cinnamon, maybe they have vanilla, but mostly what they have is a whole bunch of sugar. Mm -hmm. Ours is it's, 12 real ingredients, interesting um, spices, like really emphasis on the spice. So cardamom, fenugreek, Szechuan peppercorn, ginger. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really amazing swirl of flavor that you can do mm -hmm. so much with. And uh, that's, you know, that's where we're really lucky that we found um, our master distiller, Graham mm -hmm. uh, Hamlet. Our wives pointed out very early on when Sam and I were talking about this, that um, even though we knew how to drink rum, we did not know mm -hmm. how to make rum. So um, <laughs> That is really the leap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, oh, I love me some pizza, but I can't yeah, toss the I dough up in the air like those guys actually can. actually make it. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So we were really um, fortunate to, to find Graham Hamblett, who's been – a distiller for about 20 years, most recently at Dogfish Head Distilling in Delaware. But he's a he's a New Hampshire boy originally and really wanted to get back to northern New England. Mm -hmm. So um, so we lured him up here and he's <laughs> he, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like when you when you open up a restaurant, you need to make sure that you've got your your head chef. Yeah, because totally. that, that's yeah. who's going to that's who's dictating everything, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because people will try you one time. 
because yep. you're local. But if mm-hmm. it's not good, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a customer you've lost forever. Mm. Mm. Just hearing your passion behind that description, it just it 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 sounds like such an experience. It's like what you're giving customers is you really are truly giving them an experience. Yeah, I think that's, you know, a big part of it. And I think that's what uh, I think people are looking for. I know I know for me, when I travel to a new place or, you know, sort of just moving through life, I, I really want the experience as much mm-hmm. as anything else. It's mm-hmm. not about Absol- the thing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So uh, a question here would be, and this can be for for either lines of work that you have or just in life in general but uh, what or who inspires you so i think i'll i'll speak to and this actually really does apply to both being a lawyer and to um the distillery is that the people in my life and i'm thinking now uh, i'm married to a teacher and Mm -hmm. my oldest daughter is a teacher Um, and you know, what I'm doing in either arena is not nearly as noble, but at bottom, what they do and what inspires me about what they do is they really want to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that in some, again, not as, not nearly as important a way, uh, but I think that what I do both as a lawyer and, and as a business owner is, you know, helping people either by helping them to navigate a complex legal process or by, um, you know, introducing them to a new, new and wonderful spirit. I like to think that I'm, I'm spreading a little joy and light in the world as well. That's so cool. Yeah. And I can, I, I think there's a bit of the teaching in there too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I've learned a lot because yes, I was like, Oh, i I, I like whiskey. I'm not sure how much I'm really going to be able to really talk about this, but you know, I, I feel like I've learned a lot. And now, now I actually, I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll, I'll I got to get you a bottle of Marchando 12. Time. You got to go try I, that. I, yeah. I, I wasn't going to say that, I was, you know, <laughs> which actually is, is another question. Like what is the best way for, for folks to, to experience three of strong? I mean, where, where, where can we, where can they find your spirits where, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, um, we are, we're available in the state of Maine and on number of different outlets, um, both sort of at retail places like Whole Foods and Market Basket, uh, and in Portland, the Portland area, Bow Street, RSVP, Old Port Spirits. And we're also, um, you know, a lot of bars and restaurants carry us as well. And there's a where to, I think there's, I think we call it where to find us or something like that. There's a little widget mm-hmm. on our website that people can use to see what's the closest. But then I think a really cool way to experience Three of Strong as well, and it's certainly different since the pandemic, since we're all outside now, we have yeah. outside service, but from Wednesday to Sunday, our tasting room uh, is open on Diamond Street in Portland. And uh, we've got cocktail service, each of which features a different one of our spirits. And that's that's a really fun way to find out um, what we're about as well. Yeah. And cool. especially with, you know, the weather getting a little chillier, now there's a good way for people to stay warm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So to get away from, uh, you know, business for a little bit here, um, we always like to kind of wrap this up with bringing it really to Maine. And I noticed that you said that you've been in Maine 25 years. You love Maine. So we want to know, you know, what are what is it that you love about Maine and what are some of your favorite places, whether it's uh, places that you might go to or restaurants we're foodies. We always love to talk about food, too. <laughs> so, you know, what is it that you love about Maine? And what are some of your favorite things about Maine? I think, you know, the thing that I love most about Maine uh, are Maine people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great community. People are down to earth. They will give you the shirt off their back. They are mm-hmm. just incredibly supportive and protective of their own. And I think we've seen that in spades um, Mm. during the pandemic, um, Mm. how people are really stepping up to support each other and to support local businesses. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have made it through this far if it weren't for just the incredible support Mm -hmm. we've gotten from, from our community. So that's kind of the biggest thing. I mean, secondarily, I love, I think is, you know, when you were doing the intro at the beginning, I I love the outdoors and Mm -hmm. Maine is just a paradise for that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's really, I mean, I love to be on the water um, Mm -hmm. and got a little, a little boat uh, and I'm spent a lot of time on that when I can, but the hiking is amazing you know, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing in the winter, downhill. It's just a, a great, great place to live. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree, too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of kind of an obvious note, but yes, yeah. I, I like it here. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, thank you very much yes. for taking time out of your day and, and, and sharing about Three of Strong. Yes. And uh, we will be sure that all of the information that – uh, folks need in terms of social media website and, and where to find y'all we will put that in the show notes so everyone be sure to click and, and share that with your friends and and uh, perhaps buy a buy a bottle and share that with friends as well uh, because that's i've that is always the best way to uh to to have that is to share it with friends and, and to enjoy it with some good conversation i think that's just me yes and uh, to keep it local mean uh, that as well so thank you very much dave oh thank, thank you thank you dave thanks for a coming real pleasure <laughs> <laughs>